What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop and think about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did, then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Or are you just going to sit there and let them burn? This is Christian Don't Let Them Burn. I'm here with my partner, Rory. Good night, everyone. How's everybody doing? I'm doing great. And I uh, just want to remind you guys, you could check us out on DontLetThemBurn.com. And you can find us on other social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and other video uploading sites. And tonight, we're going to bring in some disturbing uh, information tonight with our guest. And uh, Rory, if you want to take us into a word of prayer before we start. Absolutely. Lord God, we just want to thank you and praise you for your word. We want to thank you and praise you, dear Lord God, that by your word, people are made free. Oh, Lord God, we thank you, dear Lord. We ask you, dear Lord God, as we are about to speak about this topic tonight, that you hedge us, that you cover us under your precious blood. We also ask you, dear Lord God, to cover our guest as he's about to reveal, unravel, and talk about some of these topics that plague our society today. So, Lord God, we ask for all of this tonight, oh Lord God, and we ask that even the people that will hear this, that they would come to a deeper, more committed relationship with you lord god knowing the things that they know knowing the things that or should i say the evil that exists in the world we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name amen 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 and tonight everyone uh we have to be reminded that there is evil in this world this is a fallen world and the thing that we're going to uncover tonight with our guest william ramsey the author of prophets of evil abomination and children of the beast he just came out with a documentary a few months ago called the smiley face killers and uh took a look at it over the last two weeks and uh it's pretty disturbing but it's great information to know because there's so so many incidents so many murders happening around this this uh our our, our own country and other countries that are overlooked so without further ado william how you doing I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me back on your show. Oh yeah, glad to have you. And um, you know, good night, William. How are you, <laughs> Rory? How are you? Good to be with you good. as well. Alrighty. All right. Um, so uh, I guess the first thing I want to ask—I mean, it might be obvious, but I'll just this is for for the guest. What What was your main reason for doing this documentary? Well, I think it's just kind of part of a, the kind of uh, strain of research I was in. I was always trying to figure out the occult, probably going back to 9-11, Aleister Crowley. And during those researches, I really, the, the first thing that really set me up, I had heard about this notion of the smiley face killer, this idea that there was somebody or a group harming young men and leaving them in water. So I was familiar with that, but I think the real thing that made me sit up in my chair, believe it or not, was a David Bowie video called Black Star right before or after he passed away, he put out this video that um, right as the music starts for the video, there is a space out, spaceman out uh, suit with a smiley face. And on the lapel of this 
the person is this button on the in, in the video and so i was like well why is that there because i knew and I, it brought me back to alan moore who was an author comic book author who wrote from hell but also the watchman that used this bloody smiley face so that's really when i i kind of was like what does this symbol mean why is this here why is this associated with these deaths and i didn't really understand so then i started just kind of researching and really this is probably early 2016 it's probably been two years that i've actually been researching i, I started following some of these cases there's a fellow researcher out there by the name of Jim Smith, who I credited in the intro to the documentary. And I kind of met up with him. We've become kind of fellow travelers. He's done an excellent job of, of really keeping an eye on these cases, much more so than I. But uh, I came across him, and there was a disappearance of somebody. And really, the first case was a guy by the name of Joey Labute in Columbus, Ohio. And he disappeared, and it fit the same kind of MO of all these other cases, young man, healthy, at a bar, disappears, and he disappeared. And I was like, you know, if this guy ends up in water, I'm gonna freak out. Mm. And about 19 days later, later, his body was found in the Ciota River in Columbus, Ohio. And that's really where I was like, okay, there's something going on here. Yeah. And I actually watched probably six cases of young men disappear at night and then end up in water. I said, well, there's a pattern here. There's it's it's a strange too because they're in different regions and different municipalities all over and that's really how it got started was probably two years ago after seeing the smiley face and trying to understand what the symbol was well one of the interesting is once i kind of was following this guy by the name of joey labute um i remembered all of these earlier kind of talks about banding about there were two um there were two new york detectives one is jeff gannon and another was duarte they were kind of did some talk shows i think they were on Geraldo talking about their so-called theory and they had had cases they had done all these cases in the 90s there was also a professor by the name of Gilbertson and then Gilbertson and Gannon wrote a book called Case Studies in Drowning Forensics I think it's the the best book on the subject they did a very kind of scholarly CSI type approach mm. and a lot of these young men had GHB so that was kind of the groundwork and once I kind of was following Joey Labute, I had to find this book. So I read the book and I included their case studies in my documentary in addition to studied cases that I had researched. And, you know, my conclusions I thought were unique. And so I, I feel like um, um, in addition to the other researchers, there have been other people who have written about it. There was, and it, it's interesting too, because there are people who, and from my studies, people are seeing it from a different perspective. So people talk about, the Boston drownings, the Boston, there was a girl by the name of Elise Soper who wrote something on the cryptid antiquarian on her blog that tore up the internet on Boston, like 2,000 comments. People mm. are saying something's going on in Justin Boston. Well, something similar is happening in Manchester. The young men would be found in water, and they were called the Manchester Pushers. So they were seen as this, this kind of phenomenon in just these cities. And there's other places like, oh, we've got a problem here in Minnesota. And then they say, this is happening in Wisconsin, you know, but they didn't see the overarching. And even when I first titled my documentary, the subtitle is who is abducting, torturing and murdering young college age men in the U.S. and U.K. Actually, it's happening all over the world. So people just sent me something from France today. And the final part of my documentary includes something from Thailand that fits the same M.O. Wow. And I think that your in intro. Wow. Yeah, your intro was right on point because. As I summed up in the documentary, you know, like one of the chief characters I thought was involved in these types of cases, he had a shirt that said, I'm evil, like literally 
uh, believed in evil, and, and we know the Lord's Prayer ends with deliver us from evil. So I do believe we're in a fallen world. I think that these cases all together fit into a kind of days of Noah scenario, mm -hmm. and that it's really happening. And it's hard to believe it's yep. happening, but I think that I, the reason why my, my documentary is three and a half hours long, I know it's long, but I really wanted to show the totality of what I had studied in detail. Yes, uh, indeed. And, you know, uh, while, you, while I'm sitting down listening to it and um, every now and then glancing over to see what's going on, on the screen, every every minute you're like, body found dead in water, body found dead in water, body found dead in water. I'm like, I'm like what? <laughs> you know, it's like, this is not coincidence here. No, it's, no. it's a pretty clear pattern. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want to, I, I um, and I didn't get to watch the entire video, but, and like you said, we know it's evil. Um um why let's 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 talk about um why the water what does the water do well that's a great question um water destroys evidence water confuses uh police and authorities and some people have even said that water there's a certain type of subtle sacrifice uh you know they talk about the elements as earth air fire water and spirit right mm -hmm. the five side pentagram and I've had it explained to me that you can actually, <clears throat> you know, human sacrifice can be found in drowning in water. So there may be that element of it. That mm. this, and it, people have thought it's sacrifices. Well, I talked to an ex-FBI agent. You can see the interview. Listen to the interview on my YouTube channel. His name is D'Souza, and he believes they're sacrificed to dark, dark gods, which would be right in line. It would be an additional conclusion in line with my research. Like, I don't have proof of that, um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. If you look at some of the characters I included in, the documentary they they're very dark actors you know so um the water i think uh serves a wide variety of purposes yes yeah when when you um got to the uh the second half well close to near to the end uh and you started to go into the hollywood aspects um or more into the music industry i guess it that's when my ears kind of perked up because i said okay where is he going with this, right? I know it's connected to Crowleyism and stuff like that, but when you mentioned Peter Christopherson and his video broken, and what you showed after that, I, I said, no way, no way. It's like this is like a movie playing out within your documentary, you know? Right. But in real life. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the pattern of what's in that movie that broken fits the mo perfectly. Young man, somebody driving around, abducted tortured, drowned, you know, and certain parts of it. And some of these bodies, I mean, the unfortunate thing is that to get graphics, some of the bodies, we don't know the totality of the damage. We know from like some of the original McNeil, one guy's name I can't remember, out of uh, Providence, Rhode Island. A lot of these guys have been tortured, you know. So yeah. McNeil had literal blowtorch, you know, more, more in the same movie as Broken is in there. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I do believe there's an underground. I do believe that these cases are associated with larger social dynamics that are taking place in the world, which is the internet and the ability to travel often. I believe that even Joey Labute, with interesting at one aspect of Joey Labute, is that <clears throat> the bar that he was in, there were the co-owners of that same, but the bar owners owned also a gay bar across the street mm -hmm. and at the weekend that was taking place it was the arnold schwarzenegger invitation which is this body lifting um 
competition that takes place in Columbus, Ohio every year and brings in 10,000 people. So I would be, if I was a policeman in Columbus, I would think that Joey LeBute's death could have been associated with somebody coming into town and then leaving, right? Yeah. And, and we've seen multi-jurisdictional serial killers and things. I do believe the serial killers are out there, groups and individuals who are doing this, mm-hmm. but uh, and are still practicing and doing it to this day. Um, but I do, like, if you look at Richard Ramirez, you know, he actually, one of the reasons why he confused authorities is he would go from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, right? So he would do stuff in Northern California, Southern California, in different counties and things like that. And that's why it took so long to get him. So I think that these cases are also something like that. Yeah. Uh, have you found, I know you kind of mentioned this in your in your um, documentary, are, are police lacking the resources or do they do they, can't they make the connections that you and other people have made or what's really going on there within that system i think that's a great question i would say i would think that i probably have conducted maybe after after gannon and gilbertson i really did an exhaustive research and look at so many cases in so many other states and i think that the police when they see these cases they don't see them within the broader context hopefully this documentary will go out and show these are within a very broad context. And so these, and I, and I said in my summation of the documentary, my hope is that these cases are not traded uh, immediately as accidental drownings, mm-hmm. but as murders. And now there was just, I wish I could remember there was a young man today who was found in the water in Georgia, a case that came, and they found that he didn't have water in his lungs. So they knew that he Whoa. was dealt with it. Yeah. And that was a okay. okay. Okay, one second. You talked about uh, multiple jurisdiction. You talked about um, um, these things happening worldwide. Let's look at that for a minute. And I know it's it's something that's underground. Have you been able, through your research, have you been able to find any or pinpoint any... um, any similarities between the deaths and either a particular sect and I'm, I'm i'm using the word sect instead of other words i could use right. but um or a group of people that believe in such a thing and you said that you know the cops are looking at it and um in a certain way they have not um taken back their maybe their, their blinders off and probably look at it as um a sacrifice or a ritual right rituals well i would say that if you look at like if you brought up the name of peter christopherson if you look at what he was involved in that's a sect you know that's a group right and see who his associations were i think i kind of tried to point that out mm-hmm. without getting great detail about that but i i really just wanted to point i mean it's really about the focus of the movie at a certain point i had to wrap it up i really just wanted to show that this is happening I, find, I haven't had anybody watch three and a half hours of my documentary and say, no, this is not a pattern, right? Mm-hmm. Almost everybody goes, yes, okay, so this is actually happening, in fact, because it's, it was vague in my mind when I was looking at it. It's not vague anymore. But so I would definitely say the sex and also whether they're being sacrificed, you know, like I said, it's hard to prove, you know. Mm-hmm. I, you don't know what's happening in these secretive undergrounds. Like, I talked about the fetish underground in my movie, To Torture Underground. I think I showed clips of this type of thing happening. 
Um, but the guy's name was Scotty McRae. He was found February 20th, 2018 in Georgia. So this was an interesting case. Somebody dumped him in water. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, yeah. So anyway, to answer your okay. question, yes, I do think there's sex. And yes, I do. I think there's a potential there of being some kind of a cult. There's definitely occultism, I believe, in these right. cases. But I don't know whether they're being actually sacrificed. Mm. Okay. I got I got a couple more questions. Um, so, would do you say that here in the United States, we are the ones that are um, have the most cases, and what nation or what country would be next in line? U.S. and U.K. definitely. Wow. Uh, I think it's just easier to find those cases because of English speaking world. But I believe there are lots of cases. There are cases in Vancouver. There are cases in Canada. There was actually a uh, there was a young, there was a homosexual. I don't know if you guys heard this story out of Toronto. There was a homosexual killer in Toronto, and all these men in the gay area were disappearing. And the police literally broke into his house, and he had a young man on a bed being tortured. Um, wow. Yeah, and that was that was a Toronto case. But uh, so I would say definitely the U.S. first, then um, U.K., then. Canada, and <clears throat> you know there was definitely some in France. There were some strange cases in Italy. So um, you know, I do I do believe that my ability with language has kept me from seeing more cases. But apparently, there's a lot of cases in France. You said something um, in one of the 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 what I listened to. You said something uh, in one particular case. They scoured. Everybody was out looking for this person, looking for the body. They literally um, walked row by row or, um, you know, just looking through the brush grass. And they passed by the riverbank or wherever it was. And the body wasn't there. And later on, like the next day, the body was there. Right. Well, that happens. I actually did about 10 or 15 cases that are exactly like that. Shane Montgomery, I showed... This was out of Philadelphia. He disappeared, and he the water. You could see the cops walking in the water, waist deep, looking for him. They found his car keys. They did not find his body. And then, lo and behold, in a place they already searched in three feet of water, there his body pops up. Right. So, how did they miss it? It's very hard to believe. That's just one example. There was another one. Um, Wilkins out of Bristol in the UK. Same thing. They checked the water. Garcia out of Boston. A lot of these guys are found in water that are ponds. I mean, one of the more in recent cases was a young man by the name of Dakota James out of Phil- uh, Pittsburgh, where they found his body 39 days after he was missing. So he was missing for 39 days. Now, in all the CSI or any type of forensic manuals that I looked at for drownings, if a, somebody drowns, at the latest date, if their water isn't iced over, 20 days, a body will surface just based upon right. decomposition. So how, why is Dakota James missing for 39 days? Mm. And I have inside information that when he was when his body was found, it was not in a state of uh, decomposition. And if you watch the movie again, if you watch the Dakota James case, there's somebody, there's a police spokeswoman, and somebody goes... When was the last time I checked? And she looks. She looks off of the camera and she goes, "When was the last time I checked?" And the guy says, two days ago. We were just there this weekend, you know." Mm. So, why is that trying? So, I think you're stating, Rory, that 
this happened in one case. It's happening in a lot of cases. These bodies are being already in places. I'm sure the Garcia case is remarkable because they it was a reservoir that was relatively clear water that was checked and checked again, and then his body was found. Um, his body was found right off some of the walkway, about ten feet away from like a sidewalk. So how did that happen? And I think also the movie shows that there used to be this presumption that these guys were really drunk and they fell in water. But if you watch the cases like Dakota James, like Garcia, like Kelleher, like Hurley, these guys are all up. They're on their phones. They're walking around. There's pictures of them on CCTV. There's no way Dakota James was incapacitated. He was walking with his head down texting. Mm -hmm. So the notion that these guys are the so-called some researchers have said these guys are drowning. You know, it's just like a, it's just a spate of young men drowning. Well, they don't quite fit the drowning mold. And a lot of the, a lot of it, even the FBI looked into these cases and said these are part of just a standard drowning. No, well, they're not. They're really not because these guys are all part of a completely different statistical profile where they're out late at night. They're all healthy. You know, they're by themselves. They don't fit the kind of standard general drowning of somebody who is at a lake partying with friends or something. So I need to go back. I need to make another video about how the FBI's approach, or at least on that one document they said, was flawed. So there's a, I think that in my opinion, there was a lot of very flawed thinking by some other researchers who names I will not name in their analysis of these cases. Wow. So, so... You, you said something a while ago. These people are normally out by themselves? Generally, they get separated from a group. So, one and by how, one means or the how, other. How, how do they get separated from the group? Like, they're, oh, one says, like, I'm going home. I'm just trying to find out because I'm, I'm trying to, you know, you know, wrap my head around um, what you're sharing with us. It's a great question. How do people get separated and why does somebody want... It's almost like somebody gets, like, a like a young kind of, you know, animal in a herd gets separated and a predator gets them. How does that happen? So, in, like, for example, there was a Zach Marr. There was a ton of cases in Boston, but one was the more recent cases was Zach Marr, who fit the profile of all these cases, was out of, a, he was at a bar downtown, one of the oldest bars in Boston, and he went outside for a cigarette. He texted his sister or his friends. It was for his birthday. And he texted and said, they won't let me back in, you know. They're let. They're not letting me back in. And the bartender and the the bouncer said, "No, we did, we never said that." So there's actually a very creepy discrepancy between the stories, between what his family what? said, and what the bar said. So how did he get out there alone? Why was he kept out there alone? Was that was? <laughs> if you look at the Chris Jenkins case, something very similar happened. Some of these cases, I believe that the people at the bars are. Um, suspect, you know, because they peel these people off from themselves. And then another thing that seems to be another indicator is that some of these guys are on gay dating apps. Yeah. Dakota James okay. was on a gay app. Joey LeBute was on a gay app. Um, Grinder or something like that. So those are also things. So like maybe they're talking to somebody with a fake profile on Grinder. Meet me out here. Do this. You know, I just meet you for ten minutes. Blah blah blah. You know, so that that's also another code. And, and one of the other interesting things, like even for the Kelleher case out of Boston, is that some of these guys are trying to get into Ubers. And there was a case where a young man almost got abducted in an Uber in Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. So 
What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost got abducted. Yeah, well, he got Uber. Uber, like he got into a fake Uber car. So wow. well, some of these ways, that's the way they're kind of getting out of, you know, that's how they're being, you know, set up by themselves. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. You know, um, all right. I was telling, uh, talking to Chris before, and I saw this on the mail online. I don't know if you heard of this story, but there was a Canadian, is he a newscaster or a weatherman? Somebody, he was prominent. He was skiing on somewhere on the East Coast. This happened up under a month. Okay. And he was skiing, and he went missing. He just went missing, and his family was looking for him. They couldn't find him. And three days later, he was out in on the West Coast skiing out there. And they said, how did you get here? He's like, a truck took me. And the cop said, hey, is there any truck drivers that took this young man here to the West Coast? Nobody came forward. Wow. That's amazing. So, and he was a little bit disheveled, you know, bewildered. And, and he was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just not feeling too good, but I'm, I'm going to go skiing. And he's like, when I came here, I, w- I slept a lot, but you know, it, it, it's just, you know, you're, you're telling me these stories and, and, and uh, you're telling me of, of some of the things that have transpired and with these young men going out. And I'm, I'm thinking of the same young man. He was by himself. Nobody knows what happened. And he can't explain it. He might have been drugged. You know, there's a GHB, this gamma hydroxybutyrate. You know, a lot of these people are getting drugged. There was a case. Somebody just sent me a case today that you can look up on the Daily Mail UK. Um, the guy's name was Sam Thompson. He was at a night out in Manchester, got drugged in 2016. He was one of the lucky ones because he survived. Yeah. Um, so that was one. And then this other guy, the guy I was talking to you about in Toronto, his name was Bruce, Bruce MacArthur. And you can look him up. And so I do wow. think these are all parts of this larger phenomenon taking place of drug gang. Even, you know, it happens to women as well. You know, um, I don't know if we mentioned it to the audience, but we mentioned that they're young. But most of these guys are handsome, athletic type, strong men and i know you just right. said it happens to women too but most of the most of the majority of them are male victims and they're in their 20s i don't know if that has any occult significance or not but it's just particular you know to these cases and um it strikes as very strange because you know you could actually do this type of things to kids a lot easier you know what i mean i think it's just this is the kind of victim pool you know mm, i do yeah. see that the, the majority of these cases involved homosexuality. And yeah. that's really, these are targets by fetish homosexual groups. Mm. So, so this is a subset of cases. I think that, I think it's important. I, you know, I parsed through a lot of cases that I left out. There were a lot of, there were actually a, quite a few younger people who ended up in water who were murdered by like their frat brothers yeah. or uh, drug, drug burns or, guys who were involved in drug dealing and then one of them freaked out and killed the other. So I took those out and really focused on the, the specific cases of younger men ending up in water. And uh, there's still a lot of cases. I could probably cover another 40 cases in another documentary because it's still happening. You know, still going on. Yeah. yeah, I have a theory. It's just a theory. Um, okay, go. But what if this is the beginning or the continuation of a, a young growing network of 
uh, individuals on a dark web. Right. You know, are they yeah. are they torturing them and sharing the video or what? I mean, again, it's just a theory, just a thought. Making like, snuff fills. You know, yeah, stuff like that. You know, because I, 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 I just, go ahead. Side of the realm of possibility, you know. Somebody brought up this movie Hostel, you know, where they like mm-hmm. filmed people tortured and people watched it all over the world. Yeah, it's not. Uh, they they had a case that was verified out of Italy for a young woman who was literally abducted by a Polish guy to be taken and sent to the Middle East. You know, so mm-hmm. she was like, and they, and she was drugged too. So there's a lot of drugging involved, and you know, it just shows that these are these kind of crazy things are happening where people are tr- moving to and fro across the earth, you know, and bodies are being transported and you don't know what happened. I mean, some of these scary things are some of these people have like their own personal friggin' fetish dungeon, you know, yeah. like this is yeah. the kind of crazy stuff that you don't really know or see. Mm-hmm. And like, there were a couple cases that involved guys who were involved in fetish. There was one out of Georgia by the name and I included in the movie. His name was Nas Rahimi. And he was like in gay bars, and you know that was that was one that was actually a very I thought one of the more important cases because it's very recent, and I mean the excuses the people who were around this guy had were so lame. I just I can't believe the cops didn't go in greater detail. But that's just one of another, and that was actually one where one of these associates literally. I mean, I didn't show. I didn't show this in the film, but had a medallion of a smiley face, mm. like a little medallion around his neck. Mm. I guess it's kind of more popular now. Wow. To have, yeah. To have these kind of glass medallions that have etched symbols in them. Have you ever heard of that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's what this guy had, an etched symbol of a smiley face. So that was Nas Rahimi, fetish stuff, homosexual I mean, the fetish things that are involved in there, there, there were tattoos of some of these people that are the same tattoo of Damien Eccles, who took two kids and threw them in water and drowned them, right? Yeah. yeah. People, they, they were sacrificed, too, tied up and drowned. So, um, uh, yeah, and so there's another one, Arvin Sharma, which is out of D.C. He's at a gay bar. His brother says he saw something that he probably shouldn't have. There was some kind of fetish group there, BDSM. He ends up in the river, up river from where he's last seen. How did he get there, right? So, you know, yeah. really interesting. So, the families are all super suspicious about these their loved ones' death. They don't believe anything, you know. They don't believe the, the story that they died by missing, like accidentally. But um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, you yeah. talked to other ones. France Scott Bake Radel. His dad said that there are groups traveling around from city to city in Milwaukee abducting people. Flat out. I mean, so this is a guy mm-hmm. who keyed into the same thing 15 years ago. So I wanted to touch on this because uh, of what you said, these fetish groups that are going around. Do you also think some of these actresses and actors are involved in this? And I know you might have touched on a name before, but they might be more heavily involved in this than we actually know. There was a case where I think there was a young lady who was trapped in somebody's house. He was a rapper. He had um, somebody in a cage. Crazy, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, if you have you read, like, Crazy Days and Nights and all this stuff that's coming out about the drugging and the pedophilia and all that stuff? These guys are, people are getting drugged all the time, man. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are actors, are rappers and music guys who are going from, you know, from city to city, drugging, 
and sexually assaulting women, giving them drinks. You know, yes. so it's going to be was just one of many. Yes. Look yes. at Cosby. So he's drugging them now. I think that these people are a lot meaner than Cosby. Cosby let his victims live, and these people don't. Yeah. They're yeah. different. These are much nastier types. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I think this thing is growing because they've been successful and not caught yet. Yep. So it's like if uh you know somebody comes and you know touch you on, on on a private part or something they did it because they've gotten away with it before, and it's the same thing. Right. So um, a like question Kevin of mine Spacey. is hmm? for decades. Yeah, Kevin Spacey's been doing it for decades. Yeah. Like, a question of mine is how how long has it been documented? How many years is it spanning as far as the? Well, hmm? it's interesting you ask that question because. It really goes back to victim zero, Patrick McNeil, 1997. It's not that long. You can find earlier types of cases of people drowning in water, but not these kind of MOs. So it's really only 20 years old mm. uh, and really has picked up steam. You know, there were a few and then it got more than a few earlier cases were noticed by this guy, Duarte, Duarte Gannon. Now, New York City is an epicenter for this type of thing. If you go back and look at my video. Mm-hmm. I did probably in cases of these people just ending up disappearing and ending up in water. Yeah, and, and uh, so that's that is that's like a data point. That's a marker, a time marker. What was happening right around that time? How long have women been been GHB drugged? You know, yeah. that's actually a fairly recent recent phenomenon: drugging and sexually assaulting. Probably twenty twenty five years. So these cases are taking place within that time frame. Also. The internet, right? So the internet takes off in what, 1992, 1990, maybe? I don't know. Somewhere around. So in the dark net and all this stuff and these bulletin boards where people can communicate. Mm -hmm. So I think that that there's definitely some type of correlation between the internet travel and these types of cases. Yeah, and there's a a TV show on right now. I think it's on FX, and it doesn't have to do with smiley face, but it's it's an interesting um, show because it has to deal with serial killer too. And he's going through uh, this young, basically male prostitute brothel, and he would take them out and cut out their eyes and all this stuff. And but it's the same thing that you're kind of explaining here. Just in it's in a set into an old Victorian era. And uh, it's it's pretty disturbing. I wonder why they even put this on TV. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it, you haven't seen it, Rory. When you see <laughs> the stuff in this movie, Some of these are just it's, gross. it's just crazy, man. It's like you, these yeah. boys are dressed up as women, man. You know, and it's just sickening to see them put this on TV. But I, I'm watching to see what what what, what the secrets they reveal. But you know, going well, back, keep to, an eye. Mm-hmm, go ahead. Keep an eye an eye out for this because the big name has gotten involved in this subject is doing a movie his name is Brett Easton Ellis he was the writer of American Psycho and Less Than Zero and some well read books mm-hmm. I think American Psycho was really graphic the movie but um, yeah. so his treatment he got you know some decent actors to be involved but he's doing something about the smiley face killer so I think the title, the working title of his movie is Smiley Face Killer. So oh, um, keep an eye out for that. And, you know, and there's also, yeah, just right. one more thing, there's mm-hmm. also another movie out there, not mine, but it's kind of like a Blair Witch Project called The Smiley Face Killers. And it's very deceptive, but it's not 
authentic. It's not a real documentary. Uh, got you. Yeah, yeah, I, I got a, a, something I want to share with you. You know, um, what you're saying is, is, is true. Um, a few years ago, I had my neighbor, and he worked at one of the main air- airports in uh, South Florida, or, yeah, South Florida. And he came home one day, and we were talking, and he said, you know, the strangest thing happened last night. He would normally work the night shift. And he says, we went in, every just everything was just normal. And um, we were getting ready to come home. So we were driving in the trucks. And, you know, you're on the compound, the airport. And, the, you know, you can't um, cross those, the fence and go into the airport. But they said they found a young lady laying in the grass on one of the, um, where the, the planes take off. And they were like, they call the cops, hey, there's a girl over here, like she's dead on the grass. And the cops came and she said, oh, she's alive and she was drugged. And mm-hmm. they asked her, whose plane did you, where, how did you get here? And she was like, I was on a plane with this person and I don't know what happened. So wow. these, 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 um, so you're right about these people and what they're doing. You know, I, I just, that just came back to mind. And he told me, he said, it was the weirdest thing we've ever seen because wow. you have double and triple fences. And for a, a young lady to be scantily clad, laying on the side of the, um, pl- um, where the planes, um, taxi, mm. that's really weird. That's creepy. So these guys in private planes, Lolita Express, Jeffrey Epstein, yes. probably drugging people, you know, these high end people. And there's a lot of human trafficking happening there's a lot of people being moved around right so you know a lot of these celebrity stars are basically prostituting themselves out on weekends and yachts in the mediterranean mm-hmm. there's like an intermediary who's friends with sean penn who bargains with these girls and they get paid real money mm-hmm. to you know be with rich people and they're traveling they get paid money but uh yeah that lolita express there was a famous a guy in here who showed what? Sorry, there was no. I can't. I, 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 I'm just amazed. What? No. They, I know that they were, uh, they're, they're nuts. I don't, I don't follow anybody from Hollywood or Hollywood. It's, it's worse than you think. It's a horror show. Yeah. But uh, wow. uh, there was a guy here who was a Democratic Party donor. Who his thing was, he was gay and he would drug the men and then shoot them up with meth. And they would just do, you know, yeah. all kinds of stuff. And then one died. And now he's, uh, I've actually talked to the mother. I, I had a brief, I was trying to get her to get on Ed Opperman show. But uh, the mother of one of these, I think his name was Romel. I can't remember his last name. But this was just an example. That was how this guy operated. He had many other type of gay lovers who he was drugging. Yeah. And that's just Where, the what, what state, where did this happen? West Hollywood, right here in Los Angeles. Wow. Yeah. I can find. I'll find the um, guy's name. Um, well, um, Chris, um, you might you, you you might remember this this gentleman. He um, there was a gentleman that was um, in politics somewhere out in the Midwest, and he would use boys, boys and girls, and he would take him. I can't remember his name right now, mm. but he was also arrested, and it was probably in the early eighties. Very. Yeah. Um, you know who I'm talking about? He's a black man. man. Uh, I can't remember, I can't his, remember name. his name either. I can't remember. This guy's name was Ed Buck. Ed Buck 62. 
and the the male prostitute was Gemmel Moore. Wow. It happened on July 27, 2017. And a really interesting story. I mean, these guys, they have really secret, like, stuff going on. So, mm-hmm. one of the big hotels here is called The Standard, right? And it's up on Sunset Boulevard. And they recently had two of their um, uh, executives died in a, in a kind of a suspicious helicopter crash that's associated with the hotel because... What happened after they died, this is a crazy story. After they passed away, people started coming into the hotel and they would ask for a room with a, just a number. They would say like 1000260 and they would hand it to people and nobody knew what was going on. And it, apparently this guy, Ed Buck, did it and all these other people. And what the, what the, pe- the, the, the hotel people realized is that these two other execs were allowing people to stay at the hotel under fake names and not even have to pay using their credit card. And uh, they think, you know, it probably it ties into politicians and all this crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It um, just showed this kind of secretive life of Hollywood, you uh, know, Hollywood yep, people. Definitely. If you could for, uh, for our audience, cause we, we uh, us three, we already know, but give us a brief um, summation of what the smiley face is and what it means. Um, in correlation to the, the murders and, and with Hollywood. So I think the smiley face goes back as far as the original, it's kind of an occultism associated with acid house music. And it was constantly, it was used there even before Alan Moore or David Bowie. And it came out of this kind of occult underground nihilistic techno, like the original techno music of mm. the seventies. And, my understanding, and I, it ties into this character, the comedian, um, the secret kind of occult notion of the smiley face is that life is a big joke and it doesn't matter what you do. If you read in the movie in my documentary, I read from the comedian's statement about ultraviolence and uh, what it means to him. Like he was in Vietnam killing people and he just thought it was fun. It was all a big joke. Yeah. And so that's, I think, that smiley face in the context with a lot of these Hollywood celebrities, occultists, and these cases, that's what the meaning is within this context. Not all the smiley faces are associated. There's not, not all the cases have have had smiley faces found near them, but a lot of them have. Yeah. A lot of them tied together. So I actually tried to discount the involvement of the smiley face, and in some ways, it's a misnomer. But I do think that that ideological position or idea is associated with some of these murders. Like there's some kind of a cult group that um, does these things, does this type of stuff. Yeah. Well, um, uh, for the audience, there's there's some dark underground there, and it does, does it does not just have to do with this, as we mentioned before. You know, there's child sex trafficking and all sorts of stuff, but it goes beyond that too. And uh, you can just imagine, uh, you know, the, the evil that's that's there that you just don't see because it's hidden. But in in the, uh, the the time frame that we're living in, these things are coming out, and people are actually, I guess, engaged and and magnetized, uh, uh, you know, drawn to it, and this is just disturbing. <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it definitely it's, is. It's something that has to be talked about and discussed because um, many of us have to have children out there. And these are young men going to college, college, 
Yeah. Um, and if you don't equip your, your, your children now, later on, who knows what could happen. It's not to scare you, but it's to get you aware um, and prepared that there are these madmen or mad women we don't even know that are out there doing these things. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. I mean, the thing is, is that how, I mean, how would people know? Like nobody would ever tell, or this is all kind of underground communication. So I do like to state in any of the interviews about this, that young men are at risk. I mean, anybody's really at risk. Yeah. Anybody could be drugged, mm-hmm. you know, and it, some of those situations in a techno house or a bar or something like that, you just got to be really aware because that's clearly where, these predators are looking for prey. Yeah, and it's especially in our drug culture where people find ways to get high. I mean, spray cans and all sorts of stuff, but you have, uh, you know, the meth and everything else. And, you know, we have this sort of um, drug culture being pushed on our youth through the music. Uh, it doesn't matter which genre nowadays. It doesn't matter which genre. I could pick on hip hop all day, but it, you know it's in rock, it's in country, it's everywhere. And mm-hmm. you know, many people don't believe that alcohol is a drug, but guess what? It is. It's a legal drug, but it's a drug nonetheless. And you mix that with something else, and you don't know where you're going to end up. And we we know about date rapes and things like this, and it's all going back to that too. But um, you know, it, it, it's also dealing with the flesh and the heart of of bad. I mean, uh, you know, we've been through it in our day, in our days, fooling around and probably drank or had hey, spike the drink. Or, you know, this is these are things that these are consequences of the sin and 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 the the, the, the works of the flesh. Go ahead, Roy. No, it's just I think it's so overwhelming what we just spoke about uh, tonight. I never saw it so vast, so wide. And like you said, it's it's happening on a on the world scale. It's it's coming now where it's based off of the information that you shared with us, it's almost looking like it's becoming the norm. These people are able to cover their tracks and, and um continue to do what they are they've been doing. And um no light is being shone um, shun on it. You know that's yeah. alarming. Yeah. And and uh, but here's the what's even worse now is that you're saying that there's s- several people that they're going to put money behind something like this and make a film of it or put make it into a movie and this is going to be shown. If they're not going to do. I don't think they're going to do the same thing that you have done where you have gone through and did the research and showed how these things have transpired. They're not into that. I think it's going to be glamorized just like we see with everything else. So uh, that's my concern. Yeah, that's my concern. And, you know, um, the, the drugs that we have readily available and, and that people can get, it's 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 going to be alarming. So if 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 this and and there's I don't think there's any way of stopping that now, so we'll just continue going on mm. in the um, in the shadows because yeah. the police don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, and some of the the footage shown in the documentary, and I and I'm recommending the documentary for those that are curious uh, how far yeah. this goes. Um, some of the footage from Peter Christopherson's video is very telling. And I'm telling you, it's nightmarish, okay? Because when you see this sort of footage, you 
you imagine yourself in that situation, it's not pretty. Uh, especially the water portion. I won't give any spoilers, but the water portion is very disturbing. Any um, last words, uh, William? Uh, yeah, I would just reiterate that these things are happening. Don't let it happen to your loved one. It can happen to a man or a woman. Um, there, I believe that something extremely sinister is taking place, that individuals who are connected to each other through the dark web or through some type of means of communication and there's occultism, I believe, is involved in many of these types of cases. So mm-hmm. be very aware. I just encourage your listeners to be aware. Where it's an evil age, you know, we're in a difficult age. There's a lot of bad things happening. So, you know, yeah. you want to definitely be aware. Yeah. Um, it, could, you, could you also share your information um, with our yeah. audience? My video right now is available. You can buy a DVD. Just go to my website, WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. I put out the... A digital version online. You can buy a permanent copy, I think, for twelve bucks, or rent it for a week for four ninety nine. Um, I've had almost un- uh, uniform good responses from everybody. The only the problem I've had is it's too long, but there's a lot of information there, and I think that uh, it's good if you want a real understanding of this phenomenon that not a lot of people have really delved into. Uh, I would you know recommend just taking a look at this and see what's going on out there in the you know the places where angels fear to tread. Oh yeah, and and um, I also recommend his books too. If you want to, you know, know more information about Aleister Crowley, nine eleven, and the Memphis Three murders, I recommend the books. Um, check it out, pick it up, and support Mr. Ramsey. Rory, any last words before we get off? I just want to say it was indeed a pleasure um, hearing you, and I see that uh, you know there's a definite passion in your work, and it's not about passion for fame; it's about passion for. Um, trying to give answers to these families that are impacted um, and sharing and and shining the light on something that's very dark. And that's what the word of God calls for us to do, to shine light in the darkness that someone somewhere can be saved. And that's the most important thing. Amen. 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 And anyone caught up in out there in any darkness, uh, speak out. um, And if you're not saved, you know, today's the day, you know, Jesus Christ came to, die for your sins he died on the cross and rose again on the third day and that is the good news so take that and you know take it to the lord and if you are saved keep reaching out to people and you know this some of this information might help you so um i just want to say that and um don't forget to check it out uh, check out our website and don't let them burn If you like our videos, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell to get all our frequent updates.